Wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend, Kyle, talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. And of course, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast services from or on YouTube at Badbit Games. And if you really, really like us, please, please, please hit us five star review on iTunes really does help us out and if you really like us head to patreon.com slash bad bit support the show there so with all that said with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you sir i'm doing okay doing all right uh yeah way to nail that intro joe Thank um you. yeah it's camp week when school's out yeah. for vacation camp dealing with a lot of kids arguing over cards mm-hmm. and, and connect four pieces and not cleaning up the legos when they should be cleaning up the legos yeah yeah so like you know eight hours of that this week every day it's gonna it's draining but i'm happy to be here to talk playstation God. the good and the bad so oh, yeah. there's a lot of like this week is a mixed bag for playstation yeah for sure you could take this and run with it whatever direction you want for me um it's been a busy and crazy 48 hours i've uh, been reviewing darksiders genesis got that review out been at work it's been just a crazy week for me but it closes out today so like i'm, I'm good That's today good. i got the rest of the like a long weekend ahead of me to just kind of chillax and probably play more darksiders but Sweet. listen we got a lot to talk about okay we're gonna square up the news this week and we got playstation backing out of pax east now we're gonna be talking about sony struggling with the playstation 5 price we're gonna be talking about final fantasy 7 and it's 100 gigabyte download. We're going to talk about Rainbow Six Siege getting cross-play and cross-platform uh, progression. And, of course, we're going to be talking about dreams. But before we get into all of that, of course, we start the show with a little segment I like to call What You've Been Playing. Kyle? Good, sir. What have you been playing this week? Uh, Pillars of Eternity to Deadfire. I finally put some more time into it. Um, I'm loving the tabletop D&D feel of it now that I understand the mechanics. Um, I love picking up uh, new companions to join my party. Uh, just through the story, it feels natural, kind of like what it feels like watching like Critical Role or uh, other D&D shows or listen to them. Um, mm-hmm. I also love the difficulty of it because uh, there's parts of where I am where I went into this dark room. It's very much like a the whole map is like fogged out. And, like, once you mm. walk into the room, it'll open up and you can see what's in there type of thing. Kind of like how open world, some open world uh, games do that. Um, yeah. And so I walked into this room and there were a couple of, like, of like these skeleton enemies. Um, and I was doing, like, very little to no damage. And I realized, oh, crap, I can't win this battle. There, there must be, like, a super valuable artifact in there they're guarding or, like, something I can't get right away. So instead of fleeing, because mm-hmm. I don't think you can flee, you just kind of have to write it out and just kind of, like, figure Is out it some like tactics. Permadeath? It's not permadeath. So luckily okay. there's quick quick saves, and I, I loaded up the save after I died, because, spoiler alert, I died pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was right in that room, and you can just escape and come back later. And I love that it's teaching me that I can't go into every battle and expect mm-hmm. to win. Because, like, most RPGs... Um, 
you you can probably eke out a win no matter how tough it is. You could probably find one move and spam mm. it over and over and over again. But here it just nothing would work. I was too low level. So I'm excited to go back and explore more. I'm excited to see more of the story. Mm. Um, I, I, how far in are you right now? I'm probably three and a half, four hours, and I know it's a massive oh, okay. RPG. So like yeah. I'll be playing. Do you this think for you're gonna actually realistically beat this game? I will realistically beat this game this year. Wow, this year. This year. You're not saying like like by the end of May you got this down. You don't think that? There's a lot coming out before then. <laughs> so like uh and, and other game. RPGs like Persona 5 yeah. Royal I really want to sink my teeth into. But I uh, I'm enjoying this. If you like tabletop uh RPGs, I can't imagine you not liking this uh game, mm-hmm. so I would check it out for sure. Uh, I've been playing a little game called Darksiders Genesis. Now, yeah. before we get into this, I got a code from Evolve. They are the PR team behind uh, Airship Studios, or Syndicate, rather, that made this game. Based in the Darksiders franchise, instead, it is a, you know, instead of the hack and slash, you know it, it is a top-down isometric game. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking kind of Di- Diablo because it is a fantasy-esque world and it's dealing with angels and demons... I wouldn't blame you, uh-huh. but I love what our good friend Sean Capri said. It has way more in common with games like uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance than it does with an RPG like Diablo. Nice. Where it is hack and slash, mm-hmm. it is like, a, depending on the characters you play as, like in this game, you get to play as either War or Strife, the two horsemen of death, and uh, or the Apocalypse, sorry. And Strife is the last one that has not been in a game yet, correct? Exactly. And he acts really awesome he acts like kind of like a wizard and a demon hunter in diablo would act like with a touch of Mega Man because his guns you can give them different abilities so like one they shoot like giant lava lasers at people there's one where it's like a fire gun where it's kind of like a mini gun there's like a cannon whole bunch of crazy stuff you could do with him and when he when you're out with your pistols it's all about dodging evading enemies putting out traps and it feels more like a twin stick shooter rather than a hack and slash game and then when you're playing war my favorite horseman of the apocalypse he feels like what you would think kratos would feel like old school kratos Mm -hmm. would feel like in a game like this it is just a ton of fun it does have a similar layout of Diablo where like every level starts you off where it's big and vast. And yeah, you have some puzzles that you need to solve. And yes, there's like enemy encampments that you need to go and find and kill and get their orbs or souls that you get to upgrade your character with. But it breaks up the monotony by giving you awesome puzzles, which none of them feel too hard. All of them feel like when you, when you achieve them, you feel kind of smart. And then there's also platforming elements as well. So it does a really good job of breaking up the flow of combat. So you're not just feeling like you're doing the same thing over and over again. While at the same exact time, all the way until like level like 13, you're still getting new abilities that make the game and keep it fresh. So um, I, I love this game so far. I have it on both Xbox One and PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm -hmm. Ironically enough, PlayStation 4 Pro feels better than the X. Just going to say it right there. I had a lot more fun on the Mm -hmm. Pro, and I felt like it was a little bit more optimized, and I wasn't running into as many bugs. Yeah, I have a question for you. Uh, I I assume you're a pretty big Darksiders fan. I'm not. Oh, you're not? Okay. Totally new. Totally new to the series. I was going to ask you how the story felt. If it if it felt like a worthy addition to the franchise or if if you're new, you're going to be like, oh, this is 
okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I got to go find this dude and kill him. Okay. Awesome. Uh, but, like, our good friend Luke Lore playing with us, huge Darksiders fan. He was just like, oh, this is awesome. Like, he's, he's meeting characters for the first time and some that are giving additional backstory to. And so it, it plays well whether you're a newcomer like me or an old school uh, fan of, or a veteran of the series. Mm. Either way, you're going to really enjoy it. So I'm, I'm enjoying it, and it's making me go and think about before the craziness that happens in March – um, actually going and playing at least the first Darksiders. Nice. Darksiders 1. So I think I have it remastered because I remember there was a sale where it was just like, listen, buy it for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> you the, know? the first one they never finished. Uh, two, yeah. I, I played a, a decent amount of, and I love two. And I think I have Darksiders 3 because of PS Plus uh, a couple yeah. months ago. So I, Darksiders has always been a franchise I want to get back into because I love the characters. I love the that they're the horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, and it's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm really liking. Even the environments are beautiful. Like mm. you could see, there's jank here. There's stuttering, and yeah, there's some frame rate drops. But you really do get the sense that um, that Airship Syndicate really understood the lore of the game, understood these characters. And just the franchise itself, because it it feels like a hack and slash way more than a Diablo. And I could have a sense that when I'm looking at these hellish landscapes, that they really get what they're trying to go for. Mm-hmm. And how even the, 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 the games progress, it's not through cutscenes. It's through these beautiful comic strips. Oh, sweet. I like that. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it's only 40 bucks. So I kind of like, yeah, there's jankiness. You can break this game if you want to. But to me, there's just... The gameplay loop is so good that I keep on coming back to it. So, again, we were provided a code of the game, but I definitely recommend checking this game out, especially since it's the slow time of the year. It's only 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Go in. Jump right in, man. It's it's worth it's worth your investment. Yeah. So, with that. Also, uh, in case yeah. I'm going to get ahead of the comments right now, <laughs> I have not okay. gotten a chance to pick up Dreams yet. I hope to remedy that in the next couple of days. So, that is why I... I, I did not talk about dreams. I'm just letting yeah. you know. I'm super excited oh. about it still, but yeah. yeah. We'll 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 definitely talk about it when we get to the to the dream segment of the show, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But with that, Kyle, listen, before we square up the news, I just want to give a great big shout out to our Patreon producers for this month. We want to thank Ray Martinez, JB, and Purple Monkey himself. Because of your support, we are heading to PAX. East and not playing The Last of Us Part 2, but instead playing Doom and Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So it's still a win-win. And of course, getting to meet awesome PR people, we're going to also get more hands-on with Disintegration. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to be looking forward to. So And hopefully you. Week, yeah. If you're out there, you if you're listening to the show, I hope to run into you and I hope you come say I, hi. I know we're going to see Shell Shock, that's for sure. Hell yeah. So yeah, it's all because of you guys and gals that support us on Patreon. So thank you all so much. Next week, because of PAX, we're going to be recording the show uh, a day earlier. And then if you're a Patreon member, just a dollar and above, you get our breakdown of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the games we've been playing. And then we're going to record our, our overall top games of PAX show. And that will be exclusive for patrons until Tuesday of next week. And then it'll be out for everybody else. So you're going to get extra shows for the month of March. We'll so be busy. It's pretty badass. Yeah. And again, you can find that patreon.com slash badbit. But you know what, Kyle? Mm-hmm. It's time to square up the news. 
What's the first news story? Uh, br- week, br- 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 breaking news. <laughs> Update on PlayStation's pres- presence at PAX East. Uh, today, Sony Interactive Entertainment made the, the decision to cancel its participation at PAX East in Boston this year due to increasing concerns related to COVID-19, also known as novel coronavirus. We felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily. We are disappointed to cancel our our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. Yeah, so that comes out of, straight out of the PlayStation blog. That's their quote. I should have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is really strange because just last week we were talking about how excited we are yeah. for, for The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Now they just got up and left yeah which is is strange listen I, I, the twitter blew up this whole this whole day after they announced this with people saying how could you because it puts p- other companies at, at kind of like an awkward situation of like well maybe we should back out too mm-hmm. um a lot of people are calling this an overreaction what are you thinking about them canceling it because of the coronavirus um Man, it, it it's really tough, right? Because like yeah. I can I can totally see where they're coming from, and, mm-hmm. and I'll just say it right here: if you're one of those people on Twitter that I'm seeing that is furious and upset and spewing hateful things towards PlayStation, you are one of those so-called and not so-called. You are an entitled gamer that oh. needs to sit their ass down. Um, it is it is a privilege that they were there. It packs is mm-hmm. is notorious for indies there, and yes, I know they were supposed to be coming to different trade shows throughout the year to showcase what they they've got going on. But like, if if they feel it's better for them to sit out because of this illness, uh, who knows? They they said global workforce, right? So they probably got people yeah. coming from all over the world. Uh, to PAX to showcase their games and being there as part of the developers. Like, it's their right to, to cancel. Is it... Am I bummed out? 100%. We both wanted to play Last of Us. We both wanted to go see what other games they had there. PSVR. I would love to see how Iron Man is now after the, the build I, I played at Comic-Con. But well, like, let me just stop you there. Yeah. But, like... Because, like, I was reading Marcus O'Neill's comment, and he's just like, well, after everything's said and done, because we had this huge discussion on, on the Casa de Papi uh-huh. Discord server, Marcus O'Neill's like, you know what? Like, <laughs> summing up, you know, Spark noticing his comments, like, they're probably trying to think about their staff and understanding that this is a worldwide yeah. event that developers and PR people from all yeah. over the globe are coming to this event. And like you mentioned Iron Man VR, mm-hmm. we're literally putting things in our eyes. Absolutely. On our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I think, I'm, I don't know where I was listening to this. I think maybe it was the Easy Allies, but uh-huh. they were just like... Um, early on in the Oculus Rift days, they had a booth right next to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And everybody was getting pink eye because people don't wash their hands. Yep. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe the funk just wafted over. Yep. And like it was getting onto the goggles and people were walking out no matter how much sanitation you're putting on those goggles. People were still getting the, you know, pink eye. And yep. then when you're thinking of, you know, like the PAX flu or the E3 bug, like everybody gets sick from these shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can under I can understand yes. at least where Sony's coming from. Yeah, you know I, I do. Uh, again, canceling it so close to the show, and also a week after they they kind of tease us with all these amazing things. Yeah, it's a bummer. Like it it, it kind of sucks. But 
like it's 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 a major thing going on in the world this this virus yeah. that is spreading i well, like they're having to hold all the u.s citizens that were in that city just to make sure they weren't sick before they come home like yeah it's a serious thing we don't want to mm-hmm. i don't want to be in a uh playthrough of pandemic the game right i don't want yeah. i don't want to be a part of that <laughs> we're, 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 i just got we're, over we're, being sick for three months i don't want to yeah. get anything again <laughs> like when we're talking about like let's just say the apocalypse breaks out we don't want it to be at pax east nope. and the company to blame is sony yeah you know no. what I mean? <laughs> that is something you can never recover from <laughs> yeah no so like i could again is it is it paranoia yeah. and an overreaction absolutely yes but i think playstation is is taking the very rather safe than sorry approach Mm -hmm. because like giving them the benefit of the doubt, there was a case of the coronavirus or whatever, like two in Boston, two weeks before the event. So like, I can understand them being sheepish, but Kyle, yeah. Then why announce that? Like why hype up the show that we're bringing last of us here though? Yeah. I got you. Just a week ago. Is that like a a miscommunication on their part? What's going on? I don't. I. That's the part that's kind of baffling. Is yeah. It was. It has been just a week, seven days since they announced it. So like, why? What happened in between then? Because like you said, that case was two weeks ago, uh, yep. in Boston. So what made them change their mind? And that's something that I don't think we can figure out. That and and that was like the the kind of crazy thing because we are heading into Ground Zero, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next week is like what happened. Between last week and today where things just changed, you know, like what, what was it? Or was this something that was almost unavoidable? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And what's going to happen to that booth itself? Like, are we still going to get like Predator or, you know, Doom in those booths as well? Like what's going to happen to those games? I don't know. that's that's the thing that sucks the most because at the end of the day, no real big Sony staffs getting hurt by this mm-hmm. because most of the people there are hired like on the spot a week before. Yeah. So, you know, in actuality, the only people that are really suffering are the devs. And that really sucks. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is the first baffling move by PlayStation. I am baffled and I don't know if this is a negative thing or a net positive in the long run. But, you know. I was talking. I was talking to Luke Lore before the show, and he's just like, "This is a, this is a weird mixed communication, and I don't know if this is the signs to come, but this is, this is weird." And I, I do agree with him there. I think this is very like, weird for Sony to like do, like setting a precedent for future events. Possibly, I don't think it'll it'll bleed into future stuff. I, I, think, I hope not. Yeah, I, I, re- I really don't think it will. I think just because no. it is, this virus is so still so fresh. And still kind of mm-hmm. being on the contained side of things. Like, I don't think yeah. it's going to affect, like, Paris Games Week later in the year or anything like that. Well, just to toss in, like, Famous Seamus's question, uh-huh. then we'll be, you know, we'll be done beating this dead horse. Do you think that this virus is going to impact the PS5? Like, we're already seeing it mm-hmm. with Switch shortages. What's going to happen with this gosh dang virus? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think yeah. it'll have a huge effect on it. I can okay. honestly, I can imagine having mo like there's probably a ton of PS5s already built and boxed and yeah. probably ready to. You think go. so? I yeah, probably. I think they, I think they got prototypes. Uh huh. I, I think, I think right now, 
they're looking at factories. If I'm, if I, listen, if I was you, I'm looking at factories somewhere in like Indo Asia or like Indonesia type mm-hmm. of deal. Like, I'm, I'm looking at where can I find cheap labor for the time being to get this out. And I know that sounds super morbid because it is, but it's mm-hmm. also the truth. Is like, do you go to places like Vietnam? Like, where do you go to to man to manufacture these consoles mm-hmm. for for the time being? Or are you because the one thing that I'm hearing from people, and maybe we could put our tinfoil hats on for this, is that the numbers for this virus are a lot higher than people are letting on, mm-hmm. or the Chinese government's letting on, or at least there's an era uh, or era around it where people aren't sure that China's hiding the numbers, and everybody's very skeptical. Yeah. Like my father runs a cardboard factory. I know, very exciting, mm-hmm. and nobody's doing business with the Chinese business because everybody is afraid that they're going to contract this disease. So is it just corporate fear or is there actually something behind it? And by seeing the reaction of, of these corporations, it might be a little bit of A and B. Sure. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's my speculation. Now, now let's talk about the lizard people. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> let's get into the next bit of news. Uh, this comes from Takahashi Mojisuki from Bloomberg. Uh, Sony is struggling with the PlayStation 5 price due to costly parts. Scarce components have pushed the manufacturing costs for Sony Corporation's next PlayStation to around $450 per unit, forcing a difficult price-setting decision in its battle with Microsoft Corporation, according to people with knowledge of the matter. The PS4 released in 2013 at a retail price of $399 was estimated by IHS Market to cost $381 to manufacture. With the $450 unit cost and a similar gross margin, the PlayStation 5's retail price would have to be at least $470. The company's biggest headache is ensuring a reliable supply of DRAM and NAND flash memory. Uh, with both in high demand as smartphone makers gear up for the fifth generation devices, according to people familiar with Sony's operations. Video game companies often sell hardware at thin margins or even at a loss because they profit from lucrative game software and recurring online subscription services. Sony's chief executive officer, Kenichiro Oyoshida, has said the business should be judged by the number of active users, not the number of hardware units sold. Sony executives are voicing patience about the next console's pricing as they anticipate their transition to be a gradual one, said people familiar with its day-to-day operations. Many of the games launched for the PlayStation 5 will also be available to play on the predecessor machine, so revenue from software and related network services is expected to keep the business performance intact. Microsoft and Sony are both expanding their rep- Uh, their respective online subscription services revenue from which may allow them greater flexibility on hardware pricing. So Kyle, my question here, I mean, we talked a little bit last week. We always, it's like every other week with the rumors and speculation until, until we get like a confirmation, like it's going to be every other week, but let's set this shit in stone right here. Let's do it. Let me get the chisel. Let's go. Let's get the chisel. Let's get the the stone tablet. Let's cane enable this shit right here. I think that's the right one. No, that's Moses. Uh, Can they able? They killed each other. Yes. They, well, one kills the brother. Yeah, I forgot which one killed who. I think Cain kills Abel. Yes, I call Abel being kills Cain. Cain. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of us is gonna come out on top. That's all. <laughs> we should teach Catholicism. Anyway, Kyle, what are the odds that Sony takes a loss on the PS5? Pretty high. Like, what? Do you think so? Yeah. What? What makes you so sure? Because everybody's arguing left and right. 
Like, what makes you so positive that they're taking a loss? Because they're walking in at, as the, mar- the market leader. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, Xbox, if, if anyone's go- going to be very... Um, very competitive it's going to be microsoft because they're coming in as the second place console they're also coming in with momentum or actually third place rip uh they're coming in though with momentum off of things like game pass which you got to play sunset overdrive because of it oh, yeah, right? yeah. and love it mm-hmm. um you know because of their phil spencer's very awesome way of thinking when it comes to like platform agnostic type feel yeah. of their ecosystem um they're coming in with momentum I think they're going to be trying to price Sony at a very competitive uh, rate. Yeah. So, like, what makes you think it's 500? I just, well, I don't know if it'd be 500. I just, I, oh. I, I just think it, it's going to be pretty close to what it costs, kind of like what PS4 did, right? There was mm. an 18 dollar difference between what it made and what it sold for, uh, because yeah. of that PS Plus numbers and the revenue is getting from that if, if they can if they can box something with the ps5 that mm-hmm. you can only get play with playstation plus right a, a big online game or have a big get for the ps plus game that month kind of like um i mean looking back on it it wasn't a huge get uh for a Rezo gun but like that was such a great game to have at launch on ps4 along with contrast mm-hmm. Just have like good stuff on PS Plus, uh, the the service, so that okay. yeah you can that's just money that goes straight to them pretty much to kind of offset okay. it. So I like what they're saying in here where yeah are they going to rely on some services to kind of offset that price because don't you want more people to get the get the box and in turn yeah. also subscribe to the service like they go hand in hand. I don't I've never met somebody sign up for PS Plus without a PlayStation. Right. To me. I do think they're going to take a loss on this console at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a poll on Twitter at PS Trophy Room if you want to follow us. Uh, 64%, 5% away from making this number really cool. Uh, Think it's going to be $499 US dollars. Again, 17% thought it's going to be $399. And then uh, also 17% tied uh, would be above Mm $500. So like... Kyle, if you had to pick either 500 or 400, what what do you think that price is realistically? Can I say in the middle? Can I say they go at 450? 450? I know that's unconventional. That a... That's unconventional yeah. for a hardware system, but like I can see them me, doing that. To me though, it, it must be some type of weird marketing thing that we don't know about because you never hear a company like when the iPhone comes out, they're like this thing is $1100 yeah. flat. Mhm. They never put a five in the middle of anything. That's, true. that's probably some type of weird. Maybe consumers think, oh, five, you round it up. It's actually like, you know, $1,200 instead. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, we're going to talk about this a little later. So I'll expand on my thoughts then. Mm-hmm. But I do think with how the consoles are looking right now, it it's we, we're now fully aware that these consoles are fully backwards compatible. Both PlayStation and Xbox. If you still have an inkling that they're not, you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to talk about how Siege is going to have cross-platform play between PS4 and PS5. You're going to see Fortnite on PS5. You're going to see all those, you know, the top multiplayer uh, games, probably at launch or around launch, at you know, you know, cross-play enabled mm-hmm. and cross-platform enabled as well, where you don't have to buy them again like last last generation. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. Where you had to rebuy Black Flag and it play, or GameStop had that weird promotion. Like, you buy it for 10 bucks and trade in the old one. Yeah. Um, you, it's just going to work with your machine. And with that, I think with the revenue that like a game like Fortnite already makes and like Siege already makes, I think that is actually going to uh, help pay off the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Because they want this ecosystem baked in at launch where you already have all these games. And I think that's the smooth transition they're talking about. You know, where it's just like, no, the PlayStation 5 is going to be... I don't think they're going to be as crazy as like the Xbox Series X going, there's no exclusives for two years. But I think they're going to be very forward-thinking in the terms of... uh, all your all your PlayStation games just work, which means all your microtransactions ch- carry over as mm-hmm. well. So that's what that's what I'm thinking they're going for, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what's going to that's what's going to kind of pay dividends in the long run. It's also kind of like to me also like if we get a Horizon Zero Dawn, God forbid we get a Bloodborne two, which it's been one thousand seven hundred ninety two game <laughs> days since the original uh, launch. Like those games are going to pay off that price. Of, of the PS5. But until then, we're kind of talking out of our ass. Yeah. And everybody is, you know? Yeah. Uh, with that, though, Rob does ask, mm-hmm. do you think the cost of a 500-plus console will price some consumers out? Meaning they could just stick to the old console until they stop making games for the PS4. Yeah, it's definitely going to price people Absolutely. Out, I think. I mean, yeah. look at what happened I, on PS3, right? They had that gigantic number, and they were uh, stocked to plenty. In my Best Buys and my Walmarts because of that price, because it was outrageous. I had to basically beg my parents to get it for me and put me on a repayment plan (laughs) because, like, it was so, it was out, what, $5.99, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's insane. You want to know how we got our PS3? How? My brother used to work at Micro Center, and one guy came in saying that the console wasn't working. Yeah. And my brother's like, he probably doesn't know that he needs like an HDMI cord or oh, something like that. Yeah. And so my brother got it for like three hundred bucks. Oh, that's awesome. Because it was yeah. So like we got the launch one backwards compatible, like mm-hmm. Guns of Patriots, you know, all that nice. jazz. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely going to, and you already see it online as well. People going five hundred too rich for my blood. I'll wait a year or two. And you're totally entitled to that. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Marcus O'Neill asks, given the uncertainty we still seem to be facing regarding the many details surrounding the PlayStation 5, I was hoping you guys could give your thoughts on Sony's PS5 marketing strategy so far. If you've, uh, if you had been head of marketing for the PlayStation 5, how would your plan for this reveal differ? Is it bad that my first thought went to what marketing? <laughs> Other than just like yeah. Backspace 4, put in 5. Like, that's pretty much all we've gotten so far. Um, Kyle, this is a PlayStation podcast. We're supposed to be positive no matter what. I, we can't question the great shoe. We can't. Well, shoe's not. But if I was shoe, um, we're the head of Sony. Yeah. Theoretically, the Illuminati. We're Shuhei Yoshida mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. We're getting the control of the marketing for the PlayStation 5. What are we doing differently? Well, I would have I would have set a, a set date of when more details coming through. Uh, yeah. I, I would have put that out there because you can see it on social media anywhere you go. When Sony tweets at something else, every single rep- reply is PS5. Where is it? What's going on? Yeah. And I think that's I mean, a lot turn... of people are like, like putting their, their tinfoil hats on right now. Oh, yeah. Going, oh, it's not the coronavirus. They're, they're yeah. putting out the PS5. <laughs> I, Even that was my first guttural reaction to I it. I mean, yeah. that's 
And I think that's a, a, a bravo to Xbox because they got so far out ahead of it and showed the box and talked mm-hmm. about it already, like on E3 stages and stuff. So, like, yeah. seeing them being that- so open with it and Sony being yeah. so guarded with it, it's a little annoying and frustrating. But as a Sony fan, as a Sony fan, looking at the, yeah, yeah, because you're looking at the Xbox guys, they're all celebrating, yeah. Right, they're like, yeah, this is awesome, mm-hmm. and give props where Microsoft, you know, is at yeah. right now because they're like, listen, we know this console looks weird, we know it sounds weird. Let's get this out a year ahead of time, so we so we get people accustomed to saying Series X mm-hmm. and accustomed to looking at the giant router. The best, the <laughs> giant router, uh, the yeah. best trailer from Game Awards, I feel like last year, yeah, and Probably. that that it was incredible to see that on the stage. I just with Project Mara, yeah. I I think um, like with the prediction of it coming out November of this year, that gives us like nine months to do everything, unveil it, talk about specs, talk about launch games. That's a lot to do in nine months for a major brand and a major thing that's coming out. Yeah, and then we're like an iPhone where you just like here buy an iPhone, everything's in the box. You can do everything gets leaked out in August anyway. You know, but like GDC's in literally a few weeks from now. We have to be approaching something, a state of play of some sort. Yes. Because yeah. developers have have it on them, you know? They have mm-hmm. they have the specs on them at the very least. It's going to leak out in GDC. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Sony, do I give a shit? I don't know. That's true. But if I, I was head of the marketing, yeah, I would be I would be rolling this thing out like I was rolling out the PS4. Because mm-hmm. I think it was perfect the how they did it beforehand. Yeah. Where we're going to give you a date. Yes, we're going to tease you along the way, but we're going to have some type of confidence and we're not just going to put out wired articles. Mm-hmm. There needs to be like, hey, listen, we're doing something different with the PS5. Bear with us. Okay? We're going to show it to you in the spring. Mm-hmm. Like, at least give us some type of time frame where we can expect this without having this you know, shroud of mystery because we know that the execs have been there a few weeks back. So they probably approved everything they needed to approve and they're rehearsing as we speak. Mm-hmm. But like they, they need a face of the company to sell this thing to us. Jim Ryan's obviously not that guy. Uh, so give us a face, give us a, like a Kevin Butler and put this thing out there yeah. and have, have confidence. You are the market leader. And it just seems like, it's it's weird. It seems like Microsoft's the market leader because they're doing all these cool, innovative things. And mm-hmm. Sony's just like, let me see your homework. And then they yeah. just jot everything down and like, hand it I, into the teacher. I honestly believe we're fine with it. that weird-ass commercial we talked about last week is a missed opportunity for them to hint at the PS5. Absolutely was. They, they could yeah. have had that same weird heart with the, the blue blood pumping, but into something in the middle of the room that is you can't see. And be mm-hmm. like, see what's powering our passion for games. Here's the date, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's such a bad commercial. It's a bad commercial, but like, it could have been so much more if it was hinted at. Like, I think people would have viewed that commercial better if it was a hint towards the next okay. PlayStation. Ribo then also asks, would you, as co-runners of Sony, well, we're still Shuhei Yoshida at this point, uh, take a two-skew approach a la the PS3 to lessen the impact of a higher launch price. What would your two skews look like? I wouldn't, first and foremost. One skew is good enough for me. I don't like the Xbox Lockhart is probably the reason why Sony isn't pushing this thing out to market because mm-hmm. that's the wild card. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows if it's coming out this year. I doubt it. But like that's what Sony, I think, is really holding off for. They also didn't have two skews at launch in PS3, did they? 
It was just the yeah, big... they did. They have like the five hundred dollar one, and then the six hundred dollar one. I thought there were. It was just the one big fat PS3. I no, I think there was like one sixty gig and one twenty gig. Oh, uh, I mistaken. forget the hardware difference. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember. Prob- remember when hard drives costed a hundred extra dollars? Ooh, sure good lord. Um, I yeah, I don't think they would do that. I think yeah. just put out one box, especially because, yeah, if you have multiple SKUs, it's most likely due to hard drive space or some yeah. minor thing. And at these day and days, you, you can just kind of, like, upgrade your hard drive no matter what. Yeah. Also, you kind of, as, like, thinking like a manufacturer now, so now let's picture shoe with a hard a hard helmet on, uh, construction worker <laughs> helmet, like. Uh, and he has like a pen and paper and he's in a factory. He's just writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a more streamlined. If I'm only making one thing, that's going to probably drive the cost down even lower because we're mass producing that one item instead of having two separate ones. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's what I'm thinking as well. I wouldn't do two SKUs. I don't want to I don't I don't want to undermine any of the consoles that I would be bringing out. That's why I'm so skeptical about Lockhart as well, because. I don't want the Lockhart to undermine Series X and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Kyle, enough about this Xbox talk. We praise <laughs> them too much. I might as well be in my car talking about Xbox. Uh-huh. Kyle, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Let's get into the Flash news. Hope Corrigan from IGN writes, Final Fantasy... Ooh, man. Let me take that <laughs> one back. Final Fantasy VII Remake will seemingly be 100 gigabytes. It looks like Final Fantasy VII Remake could well be around the 100 gigabyte mark. Photos photos of what seemed to be FF7 Remake's back cover have begun appearing, including this one posted by Twitter user Pickle Picklebuster. <laughs> it's Pixel. What's with these names? It is Pixelbuster, right but I said Picklebuster. <laughs> Which appeared to confirm the size of the upcoming release. <laughs> Good old Picklebuster. Dude, we can listen. Sorry, Pixel. We can always rely on them. <laughs> we can always rely on a good Pickle Rick. Uh, Erica writes in. My only question is: those internet, whose internet can I borrow to play Final Fantasy VII sometime this year? Because that download size, it's going to take me forever with mine. Looking forward to this episode. Thank well, you, Erica. Erica, I'm looking forward to you listening or watching wherever yeah. you find. You know, whatever on the park, I don't know. <laughs> but I, car, don't I agree. That's why I sold out by digital because my internet it'll take forever to download these things. I mean, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. I, I think, um, you know, rumor has it with the next gen consoles that they're only a terabyte each with this special storage. Um, but I do think you're going to see in the next generation because everything is solid state that download. Downloads are going to be significantly smaller because they don't have to code the same thing four or five times because everything's a moving piece in a, in a hard drive that that disk's spinning. So because they, they have to do it, I believe they only have to download one thing because it's solid state, mm-hmm. everything is going to be a lot smaller. That's why you could fit The Witcher 3 in a 64 you know gigabyte cartridge. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. like that's why the switch has such little or small downloads is because everything is on a little memory card and not on uh, a spinning disk. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, I do agree, a hundred gigs is a lot, but I am very curious where this goes into the next generation. I mean, what are sizes going to look like? Is this like the same kind of conversation we had with Red Dead Two? Yeah, because like that was a hundred gigs. That had two discs, just like FF7. It, it's 
I, I, did have two discs? Yes, it did. Yeah. Wait, so, do you think this game's going to have two discs I think it's been it? confirmed that it's going to be two discs. Didn't we have oh, that on the shit, show already? That's awesome. Listen, Kyle, I'm tired, okay? Don't make me <laughs> come like, over there and smack I don't think, in the mouth. I don't think it's a, a huge deal for physical people. Yes, yeah. uh, digital, it's going to, if you don't have the internet for it, it's going to take a while. Thank God yeah. preloading is kind of a, a thing if you pre-order it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a huge issue because it's only been Red Dead and this one. Yeah. For the most part. My my question for you, Kyle, and then we'll get into the next one. Uh, how many discs was the original Final Fantasy VII? Uh, Final Fantasy VII was... Oh, God. Yes, one. Was it three? Three? And I, I get them confused with I think eight because so. eight was four. I think Holy I think Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII was only three. Wow. Yeah. All right. But let's talk about Rainbow Six, shall let's we? Let's do it. Matt Brown from Windows Central. Wow. Xbox Windows, Microsoft, you're getting a lot of love today. Listen, <laughs> maybe you should just skip this story. <laughs> Welcome to the Xbox Drive. Uh, Rainbow uh, Six Siege coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Crossplay in the works. Rainbow Six Siege targets a launch day release on both next generation consoles. Leroy, oh, I'm sorry, Leroy. Athanasoff? I'm going to call you Leroy A. I'm sorry, Leroy. Game director tells Windows Central. With recent amendments to its seasonal structure, its team of several hundred employees is committing resources toward the new systems. Ubisoft hopes Rainbow Six Siege leverages that hardware on release day, translating to holiday 2020 availability. Quote, why I can't give you a date is because those dates are, in the end, on the people doing the next-gen consoles. Leroy stated, what I can tell you is that we are going to be on the consoles from launch when they will release the consoles, but it's up to them to agree that for Siege, our target is to be available right at launch End quote to avoid community fragmentation throughout the transition. Rainbow Six Siege will also feature cross generation multiplayer quote. We are ready to support that. And hopefully this will happen because as I said, it's a general move in the industry. And there's nothing that can prevent that. It's just a matter of time before it happens. End quote. This is really awesome. So the fear of like what's going to happen to Rainbow Six Siege, what's going to happen to these game of games as service games is they're just going to keep being services. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep existing into the next generation. And that's what gets me really excited for next gen is that at the, at the same time as it's still the same thing that we know these games for being it's still wildly different, mm-hmm. right? Like there are still aspects of this generation that blow my mind as we were walking into it. And then there's still aspects that seem familiar. Mm-hmm. And again, I really do think this is how PlayStation is going to take that price cut with doing stuff like this mm-hmm. by saying, Hey, listen, we're going to take a hundred and plus, you know, damage to this console to make sure we undercut Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is how they're, they're honest to God going to do it. So yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for you. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, well, let's get to this next one. You were really excited for this bit of news. Oh, I'm very excited. Uh, Brianna Reeves from PlayStation Lifestyle writes, PlayStation Player Celebration will reward players with exclusive prizes. PlayStation is kickstarting a new rewards program, simply dubbed PlayStation Player Celebration. Those interested in joining need only to register on the dedicated webpage with their PSN ID. In playing games and earning trophies, everyone who joins will work towards shared community goals. When said goals are reached, players will earn unique prizes, such as exclusive PSN avatars and dynamic themes. Sign-ups to start today 
February 24th counts as the first day that community goals begin to count. The program either ends when all community goals are met or on March 15th. Those who sign up will also have a chance to win an exclusive PlayStation kit. According to a post on the PlayStation blog, the kit includes a real PlayStation Platinum trophy engraved with the user's PSN ID, PS Store voucher for $100 US, Mm. and codes for Mm. a selection of PS4's most notable titles. To win the PlayStation kit, players will additionally need to correctly answer a question via the program's webpage. The question goes live on March 17th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Two winners will be selected according to the first two correct answers given. The program will feature a total of three stages. Stage one begins next week on February 24th. Kyle, I read this totally wrong. I was like, wait, each, like, because I know they have, like, stupid little communities, I believe, on PlayStation. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like, wait, individual communities have to get, like, no. 100,000 No, I thought That's that at crazy. first as well, yeah. It's just the PlayStation community at yes. large. So that's really cool mm-hmm. that every single trophy you're earning will go to damages yes. and you're kind of helping each other out. That's I, that's actually really cool. I, so I signed Yeah, up. I believe it's um, uh, in order for a game to count because it counts games played. Um, okay. It, you have to play it for an hour for it to count towards the goal. So you can't just pop uh-huh. in and out of games and kind of raise that number up. You have to play for right. at least an hour on each title, as well as um, I believe it's six trophies a day you can put towards the community goal. So you can't get okay. a bunch of of easy platinums in one day and right. and boost that number up. I think everyone gets six trophies per day to add to it. I think this is really, really cool. Um, yeah, just gets people to play really games, cool. right? That's yeah. It, to me, and also like I'm thinking like, no, I am Mayo cheesing this shit. Like you're gonna. Have I mean, to, you could, but you. Yeah. Can, I don't think that game will count because you can technically beat that in under an hour. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe you just have the the game on for an that's hour. That's true and, too. But like, that's a lot of effort for how many people that are going to be in this program yep. as well. Mm-hmm. But this is really cool because we often talk about achievements or trophies, and we're like, there are these. Numbers that really, at the end of the day, don't yeah. mean I mean, anything, we are the trophy room. But now they mean something. Exactly. We're a PlayStation podcast made by the boys yeah. for the players each and every Thursday. Uh, Raiders five stars. The, the thing that worries me about this, because I want that PlayStation Platinum trophy so bad. Um, yeah. It is a question, and it's just put at, its, at a time, a random time during the day, and it's the first two people to get it right, and that's it. And, yeah. like... If you're, my internet is slow, I'm going to miss that on that. Because I, I have a feeling I know what the question already is. What do you think the question what is? What is the first game that had trophies? What is the first game that had trophies? Uncharted, Drake's Fortune. All right, everybody remember that. I'm pretty sure that's it. Now I'm second-guessing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, it's weird because I don't remember when, like, achievements and trophies, like, came to be. I just remembered when I started caring about them. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the weird thing about it. So yeah, my mistake. It's cool. It's a cute little Super yeah, Stardust like... HD was the first game to have trophies. And you're and you're a co-host of PlayStation <laughs> Podcast. Get out of here, fake fan. Everybody, fake fan. With that, let's talk fake, about fake outrage. Fake let's talk about the next story. Oh, how dare you, sir? <clears throat> yeah. uh, Eric Kane from Forbes writes. Atlas is changing two controversial scenes in Persona Five Royal, and no, it's not censorship. 
Atlas is taking the controversial step of editing two scenes for the, uh, for the upcoming Western release of Persona 5 Royal. The Japanese release back in October of 2019 keeps the original scenes from Persona 5 intact. The scenes in question depict two gay men, scruffy romantic and beefy trendsetter, hitting on a teenage boy. The first takes place in the Yikes. city and ends with them dragging the boy, Ryuji, away from them while he protests vehement. I can't say that word. Yikes. Vahe- I can't say that word. Vehemently. There you go. Uh, the second Take enc- that one, Adam Leonard. I pronounced that right, you <laughs> son of a bitch. The second <laughs> encounter is at the beach. Atlas Communications yeah. Manager Ari Advinkula told IGN that, quote, We actually were able to go through some of the lines that players may not have received as well, look at that feedback, and then update it for the current generation. End quote. That's mm. probably wise. <laughs> it is probably wise. I did not know that th- these scenes existed. I never got to that I, part in the game, so I didn't know either. I do. I do understand that when it comes to Japanese culture and LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. that... Um, it is very weird, um, and it, to at least to us, how they view it, mm-hmm. um, and it's not in the most positive light as well, like what we've seen here. Yeah. It's very stereotypical. Um, I point this out because I do want to point out a little bit of hypocrisy. Uh, I, as you guys know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. and everybody just like two months ago was ranting and raving how Disney didn't have the guts to show that lesbian kiss that if you blinked, you missed it. In Singapore, right? And they're like, why are you censoring that that game for those people? Or th- that movie? Take a stand, Disney. Mm. And now we're seeing this shoe on the other foot. And we're totally fine with it. Though we know that translated in Japanese, it's totally stereotypical. It's totally trashing, you know, the LGBTQ community. But we're totally fine with it because we really like this game. I just find this hypocritical. I... I don't know if we're fine with it. I see. I see nobody like, oh, how how dare you, Atlas? Like, like everybody's like, okay, cool. Uh, like, what, of the, cool. Uh, let me let me take a step back. Yeah. Like, we're okay with the scene being in there to begin with, or that they're changing it. That they're changing. Oh, it. like we're. Like, I we're, take yeah. that back. I I thought you were talking about like the scene that's in there. Like we're okay. That, that's cool. No, okay. but and that's but like even then it's still weird because like. Again, I'm just a straight cis white male, whatever. Uh, but like, I would take that scene and go, "Wow, really, Atlas?" Like, mm-hmm. I I did not hear that this even existed until today. Sure. And so, I, like, it's just like to me, I look at this. It's just like the internet choosing what to be mad at mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and people just going in line with. I it. also, I, I also wonder. But it's cool that they're fixing yeah. it. But I'm just, I'm not giving them praise because they're fixing it shouldn't be there in the first place i also wonder why if this is a result of them not changing the catherine release because i don't think they changed the catherine release i'm pretty sure that has Mm. some some comments about transgender people and not a great light Mm. either um again cultures man yeah they're crazy it's very crazy i would i would encourage anybody who's who's open-minded you want to watch uh kuira goes to japan interesting Super mm. interesting to see how other cultures view uh, the LGBT uh, communities there. So, with that, Kyle, listen, that's my pedestal. Uh-huh. All right, the, we're out, we're on the Bernie Bang bus, and you know how I feel. We're not getting off the bus until everybody gets off. Oh God, <laughs> Joseph Yaden, I'm I'm so happy. I, I hope Joseph, you're, you're happy. 
uh, that Joe just gave you that that lead up to your story because that's that's yeah. that's how you should be brought into the show. Uh, Joseph Yaden from PS Lifestyle writes: Dreams ranks among top ten bestsellers in the UK during launch week. While we wait on worldwide stats pertaining to Dreams' sales performance, it seems to be a hit, at least in the UK. It ranked among the region's top 10 bestsellers during its launch week, taking the 8th spot ahead of Luigi's Mansion 3 and NBA 2K20. This strong sales performance is in line with its critical success, which has been positive across many outlets and currently holds a Metascore of 90 on Metacritic. Uh, The following Mm -hmm. is the order of top 10 in UK. Uh, 1. I believe that is uh, FIFA, FIFA 20. Yep. It just says FA. FA. FA 20. Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Three, Yakuza Remastered Collection. Four, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Five, you guessed it, Grand Theft Auto Five. Number six, <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is also kind of surprising. Number seven, Minecraft, also surprising. Number eight, Dreams. Nine, Luigi's <laughs> Mansion 3. And ten, NBA 2K20. Okay. All right. Honestly, a lot higher than I thought this game would mm-hmm. be, considering that for almost a year it was able to be purchased digitally mm-hmm. for cheaper as well. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, again, not lighting the world on fire, but critics love it. Mm-hmm. Like, critics absolutely love it. I played a little bit of it, and me being a total dummy when it comes to controls and creation, um, not that bad, Great, honestly. So, this gives me great... You know, what I've been championing this game since the beginning is... This is going to be a great tool for educational purposes and getting kids into game design. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think really this game is going to be and how it's going to prove itself over the the next few years is how Sony and where Sony takes uh, uh, this game. Mm -hmm. With that, Mr. Brawl writes, would Dreams benefit from moving off PlayStation? Like what if it was not an iOS app? where you could build smaller, mobile-friendly games, do you think it would dilute the experience or open it up to a new audience or even both? Hmm. I think if any game would benefit from coming to, like, PC and having a dedicated yeah. thing, it'd be Dreams. Just think yeah. of the, the creations that people can make uh, with the PC, with mouse and keyboard, and being even yeah. finer-tuned and, like... I think that would be great. I, I I do think this game would probably do well on pretty much everywhere it went because yeah. of that reason. I, I think we're going to definitely see Dreams on PC. It's just a matter of when. Yep. Because being able to control with a mouse being way more accurate, I think that's going to be a huge thing for Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we will see you know this game getting into the classrooms around yes, the world. Absolutely. I definitely believe that's the angle where you should take mm-hmm. dreams and I think that's where we're going to go with it. I think when we're thinking of like programs of like girls uh make games, I'm thinking of dreams. Yeah. Having little girls play with dreams and create and make things out of mm-hmm. it. I think that's where we're going with it. So I don't think mobile, I am thinking PC. Yeah, that's sure. definitely something I'm thinking about. Kyle mm-hmm. Oh, are you onto something by any chance? My water bottle. All right. Well, I think that's good enough. Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things games onto the PlayStation storefront. The only problem is that there are way too many awesome games to name, like that Unicorn Princess game from last week. Each host picks one game from their choosing and talks about why they're excited for said game. My pick? Hunt. Showdown. By God, a savage, nightmarish monsters 
roam the Louisiana swamps, and you are part of a group of rugged bounty hunters bound to rid the world of the ghastly presence. Hunt's competitive match-based gameplay mixes PvP with PvE elements and creates a uniquely tense experience where your life, your character, and your gear are always on the line. Now, have you played a little bit of a... Of of the hunt showdown or have you seen it no i have it i just want to point out i love how in that accent you say pvp 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 lives like a box of chocolate <laughs> boy my god um no this is kind of cool because it kind of feels like evolved where like there's multiple teams hunting these monsters and then when you kill said monster those those teams are after you as well because you're bounty hunters. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, no sense of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this game looks pretty dang dope, and I think I might reach out because I want to see, I want to see what that game's about, man. It it seems right up my alley nice. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, what's your pick? My pick is a Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th Anniversary Edition. Experience the genesis of the Bayonetta series with the cult classic original action-adventure game and play as DARPA agent Sam Gideon in the hit sci-fi shooter Vanquish. Commemorate the 10th anniversary of Platinum Games' two most celebrated titles with this remastered dual pack. Um, I've always heard great things about these games. I've always wanted Mm. to try them, and to have them both in one package seems like a no-brainer slam-dunk purchase. Specifically Vanquish. Because that seems like my type of third-person shooter type. That seems like my jam. Dude, it's seeing like how you're sliding yeah. everywhere and shooting all types of monsters and whatnot. It looks dope. Yep. It, yeah, like, uh, I think separately they're around 25 mm-hmm. bucks. So, yeah, like, we might have codes to review for next week. Sweet. But if not, I might be picking this one mm-hmm. up because it seems pretty dang dope. Mm-hmm. With that, Kyle, listen, each and every week. You can send your questions via the Casa de Bad Bit Discord. Link in the description to join. I never say that. Or you can add us at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. Or you can send your mail into Andrew House's house. Write it out. Ship it out to him. I go over there. I steal his mail. Kyle, you want to know how much mail I got from him this week? How much mail? About two. About two. Only two About two mail. mail. Yeah, because about two mil, <laughs> give or take, <laughs> and some doubloons, but whatever. Uh, Kyle, would you mind reading these questions? Absolutely. First one comes from the most famous Seamus around. You get to create your own real-life PlayStation event for the PlayStation Player Celebration. You can have demos, whatever upcoming games you want, real-life special events, statues, exhibitors, ex- ex- ugh. You got this, you got this. Executive items, uh, etc. You look like you're about to sneeze. <laughs> Because I'm trying to figure out if he meant exclusive items or executive. I think I think exclusive. He's meaning exclusive. Now, what do you do with this amazing power? Uh, first of all, it would just look like PSX because I miss PSX. <laughs> <laughs> they really ought to bring it back, uh, But man. this is great. Like, I, I miss – if you've never been to PSX, it is – and if you love PlayStation, you're listening to the show, you're a PlayStation fan, that is the place where you want to be. It is just PlayStation yeah. everywhere you look, demos of, of smaller games, bigger games, experiences. Like, they had this, before Days Gone came out, That they had this whole thing with, like, freakers walking around, and you could just take pictures That's and cool. stuff. Um, they had Spider-Man, where you could take a picture of Spidey. There was a rock climbing wall. Like, it was it was full-on PlayStation. Um, so, I would, I would have a bunch of demos of, obviously, the big stuff but also have plenty of room for these smaller stuff. Because every week we see the drop, and there's always smaller games coming out, and they need their love too. Um, 
And yeah. as far as like exclusive items, oh man, I would love to have uh, Cloud's Buster Sword and buy a replica of the Buster Sword. Ooh. And it's oh, and the materia, which is the magic stuff, mm. uh, that would be sure. dope. God of War, the axe, like a real axe, like not obviously. <laughs> not real. Uh, let me take the back. Not enough to kill, but like not not like a foam one. Just to make. I just <laughs> exactly just to slow down somebody that has wronged me. You know, just a little, just you know, a little off yeah. the top. Leave you know? a scar. Yeah. Leave- <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, give me a cloud body pillow. You don't need to know like, why. But, like, PSX, yeah, just give me I have a dope PlayStation blanket that I used all winter yeah. long. It's really, really cool. Uh, they really need to bring... I, I'm totally back. Like, like I'm totally on board with this. Like, an event, it needs to be PlayStation experience. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what they should have. And they should take a loss on it, goddammit. Yeah. Because, like, if there is one thing I've become jealous of, is it is XO. Like, the past two years, Xbox has this stage where it's just all focused mm-hmm. on them and all xbox fans are there it's like right now this episode is like we're just jealous of xbox fans because yeah. they know things and they have groups of people yeah. uh <laughs> but like they have this this place where everybody's there and everybody's enjoying it we had that too but rumor has it they closed down psx because it wasn't making money for them but it's like who cares exactly. it should be just an event where everybody's celebrating playstation they're having that that community, and you're having those huge announcements. What if PSX, you know, uh, they bring Sean Layden back from Amazon HQ because that's where he is. I'm, I'm dollars to donuts, and like he's just like, here's a live state of play. Hell yeah! Roll the clip. Yeah. And then bam, we're just seeing game after Hell game, yeah. and people are getting to experience. That is that. my one uh, disappointment of when I went to PSX in 2017 because they didn't have the press conference. They had the yeah. sit down where they talk with the devs, which was great. But like, I didn't get to see these bombastic game reveals. Like, it didn't feel like the E3 mm-hmm. show that I was hoping it to be. Yeah. And I would love to meet, yeah, like people from this awesome community. Like Ray Martinez is going to be there. Yeah, I get to touch his face. Absolutely. If he if he allowed it. That's that's when I come <laughs> in with the axe and I will take Joe out for you. Right. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> You're just gonna Anakin me or like gonna Luke me. You, as soon as you get to his face, I just chop your hand off. Like ah, uh, no no. Uh, 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 uh. Well, then I can't play games, Kyle. We can get your robot hand. Okay, that's yeah. dope. Actually, chop it off right now. You're gonna. <laughs> you can set that to like grip firm and then speed up to ten, and I'm I'm set for life. I'll never leave my room. <laughs> Let's get to Luke voice. <laughs> Luke Laura writes in, I know the answer to this, but I think it's worth articulating from time to time. What's the value in playing games, exclusive or otherwise, on other systems? Why do you all choose to diversify your game playing or stay specific to an ecosystem? I like that mm-hmm. question. That's a good question, Luke. Um, the reason, so like when it comes to indies, I play them all on my switch for the most part, few exceptions. Like I got Gris on a sale on, on PlayStation. So I'll be playing that next week. Um, so like if I find it a good sale, I'll go to that ecosystem for it. I stay on PlayStation because I prefer the controller. I prefer the ecosystem. That's where I have all my games and my exclusives. So it is a thing of convenience and uh, yeah, indies I play on my switch and then for the games I can't get anywhere else or I don't want to take a risk on, I have Game Pass and I play it on my Xbox. Yeah. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah. For yeah. me, uh, I still play most of my indies on PlayStation. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do pick some up from time to time on Nintendo. If they on Nintendo, I sound like an old man on the Switch. Uh, on the on the on Super the Nintendo, let's <laughs> hear. Uh, like if if there's a sale or if it's only on the Switch, um, PlayStation is primarily where I do most of my gaming, and Same. I I feel I'm mad at myself to not really dive into the Switch more. Uh, for those, mm-hmm. and this is gonna sound stupid for probably a lot of you, it doesn't have achievements or trophies. Like I think that yeah. is such a huge selling point for me as to why I play. All it doesn't my even stuff. have fucking cloud saves. Let's be real here, guys. <laughs> That's why I play all my stuff on PlayStation. I like earning trophies. I like to chase. Um, if yeah. Nintendo did that one day, I'm all in. I will play way more yeah. Switch. But like, yeah. right now it's just my Tetris machine. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like it's just like while I'm editing, I play Tetris 99, and then I get to second place, and then I get fucked over. <laughs> you know, I gotta teach you the ways, dude. It's bullshit. It's just a bullshit game. It's not. Though. That's what it really it's is. Not. It, it's it's so bullshit. I hate it, but then I can't stop playing it because I love Tetris. Oh God! So yeah, that's why. Like I choose games depending on like if it's a portable thing, I'm gonna choose my Switch. If it's something that I could sit and it's like a solo experience, probably my PlayStation. And then depending on where my friends are and who I value, uh, I choose a multiplayer game. Like right now, I've been playing Apex way more on my PlayStation because you know we got Alex Van Aken and Papa Drew Bear, and we're playing Apex together. Yeah. Or I'm playing Apex with Ray Martinez or Haley. And Jarrell. I think that's so, also like, another good uh, point for me is. I'm not a multiplayer person, so I'm not going to go yeah. to where my friends are playing, not because I don't like them. It's just that's not the experience I want for my games. I want to sit down by yeah. myself and chill out and play some story stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's all I got. Uh, again, this week, uh, we're going to close it out by saying this. Thank you all so much for supporting us the way you have, whether it's on Patreon, whether you're giving us a five-star review, like, because we have two yeah. new five-star reviews. Uh one comes from, and I don't know how to name this segment. How do we name this uh, segment? Let me workshop it. Maybe at the end I'll come Okay, we'll workshop it. Okay, right now, I don't know. But yeah, you can send us five-star ratings on iTunes. And if you do, we'll read them on the show. we give you a shout-out. So this one goes to Murdered Out, 615X, the power. <laughs> Quality programming. I love the show. Great chemistry between the two guys. I always look forward to new episodes. Thank you. Nice, simple, to the point. And I love you too, man. You know, I love you, our chemistry that we have. And then we have fantastic podcast from Bland Explosion. Fantastic show hosted by two wonderful people, Joe and Kyle. They have great conversations about PlayStation and also feel like you're a part of the community. They have such great chemistry together. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Bland Explosion, and thank you, Murdered Out, for giving us a five-star review on iTunes. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. you like us. <laughs> you, you didn't seem enthusiastic because about I'm like, still halfway thanks. into trying to think of a name for the segment. Are you still? I love you it? all. You know that. Like, it's I, yeah. without you, this show would be. I would boring. say, P.S. I love you, but mm. I was thinking like out of this world because they're yeah. stars. Like, <sighs> next week we'll have we'll have a name. What? Yeah. What do hunters say to each other? Yeah. What do hunter? Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Hunters, because we're because the community. If we are thinking, if we're honest with ourselves, what are we calling our community of people? Because we always have like the army, That's you know, right. like like yeah, we you know, would like, be hunters. Who, who are we? Yeah, man, that your, just your trophy hunters. We're fellow that hunters. That just kind of goes right into your whole uh, brand, there, Joe. 
I you know. I out. ordered the Bloodborne uh, nin- Ninjoid. Oh, sweet. I, yeah, it looks awesome. And I looked at it, and then I looked at the price, and I looked at my check that I just got. And I was just like, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> I didn't even think Let twice. me sign it over to you. Yeah. Because if I had to, like, if, for bad big games, I, I think... Because everybody's like the squad or the army. I think for bad bit games, it's the the bad bit beauties. Because I think everybody that supports Triple me is bees. beautiful. Oh, three bees, baby. <laughs> the killer bees. <laughs> the birdie bank bus, three oh, bees. No. <laughs> Not enough people are getting off on this bus. <laughs> Everyone needs to get. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tim Offson. I'm so sorry. Listen. He needs to know one way or the other. Kyle, where can they find you? And talking about plugs. <laughs> uh, like always, God, what a, what timing. I'd like to plug myself. Ninja 73 on Twitter and on PSN. But instead of promoting my other stuff, because I've said it on every show, I, I want to give a huge shout out to somebody you just mentioned before that you've been playing Apex with. Alex Van Aken and the OK Beast crew. They just relaunched what their Patreon is and the content they're making, going into more like video form with essay, video essays and document documentary, uh, documentaries about gaming. They just put up a video about how Fortnite brought Alex's family back together, and it was beautiful. Uh, Alex, uh, Ian... Uh, Brandon, everyone else that helps mm-hmm. OK Beast out and does work for them, you guys are killing it. Go yeah. check out OK Beast on YouTube, OK Beast uh, now on Twitter. Go show them some love. Consider supporting them on Patreon because they yeah. put in a ton of quality work and they're great human beings. So go check them out. Seriously, they're re- they're they're really fantastic. And yeah, seeing them, you know, seeing what what they're rebuilding right now, what their vision is, that is that is what like my vision at the end mm-hmm. of the day. If I had a big production, if I was smart, I would love to see and and peer peer behind the curtain to see how video games are, are often made because we often theorize and we never really know for sure. Everybody hypothesizes one way or the other, and like they're really going in on the indie scene mm-hmm. and showing us how 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 it's yeah. made, and that's. That's really incredible. Yeah. And Alex and the whole crew are just some of the nicest people out there. They helped us before. Absolutely. They've been on our show, so go help them out as well. Kyle, but I will be selfish. Here. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and I will plug Bad Bit Games, where if you like this podcast, you can watch the video form of it on Bad Bit Games, and where I also talk about more things than just PlayStation. We talk about all things game news and reviews. Right now, we have a review out on Darksiders Genesis. Please, please, please give that some love. Give that the care. Give it a like. It could really use it right now. Uh, and yeah, go check that out. You can check out this show at any RSS feed you have. So whether that's Spotify, uh, Google Play, iTunes, rate us five stars. Again, we'll give you a shout out like we did to Murdered Out and uh, Bland Explosion. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, follow us PS Trophy Room, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation.